welcome to the Connection Church Dublin Sermon Podcast. Our mission is to connect people to a growing relationship with Jesus. One of the ways we do that is through the preaching of God's Word, centered on the gospel of Jesus Christ. Here's this week's message. All right. Well, amen. Well, hey, good morning, church. Man, you guys doing well this morning. Uh, man, it's so good to see you excited uh, about today, about the message, about uh, tons of stuff. And so uh, first, I just want to say, if it's your first time here, man, I, I pray you've had uh, a, a good experience so far and you felt welcome. Oh, man, we're really excited that you're here. Uh, Connection Church is a simple church. We exist uh, to connect people to a growing relationship with Jesus. And so uh, you picked a great day today. How about this, y'all? We have five people that have said yes that are going to be baptized today uh, after our service. Man. And so just a couple of instructions on that. As you see, our church is growing. Uh, so we, we feel like no longer are we going to fit out here. So we're going to grab our kids and we're going to do baptisms back here uh, at the market. And we'll be out there in the field. So that's immediately uh, after service. And so uh, we also have more to celebrate. Man, as of last weekend, uh, we have 21 new Heart and Soul members that have decided to join our family to lo- link arm in arms. Um, to continue to connect people to a growing relationship with Jesus. And so we praise God for that. Uh, if you're here and you're like, man, I, I think I want to get involved with connection or, or make connection home. Well, Heart and Soul is your next step. And what it is is a, uh, a four-week uh, course and experience. We want to share what it means to follow Jesus, who we are as a church, and what it looks like to be plugged in in the mission of God right here at our church. So that'll be at September 11th at four o'clock right here in the museum. You can sign up for that right here at the Next Steps table or go online. Uh, but for today, I want you to go ahead and open your Bibles. We're gonna stay here for just a minute. Uh, we're gonna be in Matthew chapter nine. Matthew chapter nine. And I just wanna share a quick story and then we're gonna hop over to Acts. So Matthew chapter nine, starting in verse 35. And I wanna read it and just share some things with you. So this is uh, what God's word says, okay? Starting in Matthew chapter nine, starting in verse 35. It says, Jesus went through all the towns and villages teaching in their synagogues, proclaiming the good news of the kingdom and healing every disease and sickness. When he saw the crowds, he had compassion on them because they were harassed and helpless like sheep without a shepherd. Then he said to his disciples, the harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. And then he prayed, ask the Lord of the harvest, therefore, to send out workers into his harvest field. Let's pray. Father, Lord, as I know you've made it very clear, and and God, I thank you for confirmations, even in little things. (laughs) Uh, God, I pray for the message today that it would come from you, and uh, God, that this time would not be about me, not be about our church, but Lord, that today we, we come ready to meet with you, Lord. I pray you would speak to us, speak to our hearts. And uh, God, we ask this all in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So this passage, what it talks about uh, is Jesus. And what Jesus is doing uh, is he's going and uh, he's, he's, in the, the, he's in a city and he's performing ministry, okay? He, there are people being healed. He's praying for people and all these awesome things are happening. But guess what? 
as Jesus was here doing ministry for three, three and a half years, uh, he was confined to one life, 24 hours, just like me and you, right? And so as Jesus was healing, it says that he looked in verse 36 and he saw the crowds. These are the people that were beyond his ability to get to, right? Now he's Jesus and he can get to them now, but as he was on earth, these were people beyond. I want you to look and see how Jesus saw these crowds. It says that he saw the crowds and he had highlight this compassion on them because they were harassed and helpless like sheep without a shepherd. And so basically he's saying that he saw people in their hurt, he saw them in their brokenness, and he knew that the, the source of their hurt is they had not found the good shepherd yet. And guess who the good shepherd is? That's Jesus, right? And he said that, man, he was compelled and, and, and he told his disciples, and listen to me, if you claim to know Jesus, we are in fact disciples of Jesus. And this is what he said. He said uh, to the disciples, the harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. Ask the Lord of the harvest, therefore, to send out workers into the harvest field. And that Jesus looked at the crowds and he said, Lord, would you raise up? And he told the disciples to pray, Lord, would you raise up people to go into the harvest field where people need to hear about the good shepherd named Jesus? Now, six years ago, I'm gonna tell you, was one of the scariest times of my life. One of the most exciting times of my life, but one of the most frightening times of my life. Right? I, I, uh, I was in a, a, a pretty good, stable season of my life. My wife and I had good jobs. Uh, we, we had a, a, a six month to a year old child and really thought that we would spend our days right there in our hometown working good jobs, uh, uh, staying right there and really just living life as it was. But God intervened. And he said, I, I have something for you to do. You are to be the worker to go to another place, right? And listen, I, I was scared to death. You know, me and Carly, we talked about it. I'm like, man, if I just start preaching, what if nobody listens, right? What if nothing happens? God, I, I don't have anything to go on except for the leading of you just told me to go. You gave me the gospel to preach and you just told me to go. And I didn't know what would happen. I didn't know what that would look like. And man, so I just went. I just started a church. Didn't quite know how to. My buddy had taught me, but I didn't know what it would look like. And I want you to know today, as of last week, since that day, over 290 people have said yes to Jesus Christ. And I say that to say, of man, if you'd have told me that six years ago, I would have had no clue this church would have become what you see. I mean, I had no idea. But Carly and I made a point. I want you to listen to me here, okay? We said, even if the thing's a flop, if it don't work out, if one person says yes and then it flops, it was worth it. It was worth it. And so I'm getting ready to share our next step as a church. Now listen, we've got three objectives and I've decided to share them uh, at three different times, okay? Three things that I believe God has called us to do as a church that is us taking our next steps. But I wanted to share this one today because listen to me, I want us to be a church that gets excited about the things God's excited about. You guys with me in that? And I want you to know that just as, man, God has done incredible things here in Dublin, our influence was never meant to stop in this building, in this theater right here. God has a much bigger vision for us. And so that verse I just read, I believe it was 2020, 2021, I spent a year praying this verse. 
Lord, Lord, I see places in our country and beyond. They need people that are pointing people to the good shepherd. There's people that need to know you. If we're going to see revival and change in our part of the world, Lord, would you send up workers? Would you send out workers? And God's been faithful. Church, I want to share with you our next step and objective one of the generosity initiative. Would you check out this video for just a moment? Well, church, man, I'm excited uh, to announce us taking our next step as a church. So I wanna introduce to you the Generosity Initiative. And what the Generosity Initiative is all about is us elevating our generosity as a church to accomplish the mission of God. So we're gonna share several objectives over the next 12 months. And today, I'm excited to share uh, our first objective. Uh, we'll be raising up and sending our very first church planner from within Connection Church Dublin. And so I'm very excited to announce uh, Stanley Lane as our first church planner. So, so guys, man, we're excited about you coming into the network and I uh, can't wait to see what God's going to do. Yeah, the Lanes are super excited just to come alongside Connection Church and just be a part of God's great commission. Uh, many prayers have been answered through Connection Church and so we just want to say thank you. Thank you for loving our family well. Thank you for encouraging us. Thank you for your support and we look forward to what God has for us as a church. So man, we are pumped about uh, this initiative and this church plan. So let me share with you how you can get involved uh, in the generosity initiative, specifically this objective of sending our very first church planter. So first we would ask you to pray. Man, I can't tell you all that goes into a church plan. So pray for the lanes, pray for us. Over the next 12 months, they'll be coming into the network and uh, Stanley will be serving on staff with us uh, here at Connection. Secondly, I would ask that you would give toward this objective. See, this initiative is all about us elevating our generosity to accomplish the mission of God. So you can give by going to our website, connectiondublin.com, uh, clicking on the giving tab and clicking generosity initiative. Or if you would like to give by check, you can just write generosity in the memo line. And then lastly, I would ask you to prayerfully consider going. And there's nothing really more exciting than being a part uh, of a new church plant. We believe that healthy things multiply. And man, what a privilege for us to multiply what God has been doing here in Dublin through Connection Church into another city. And so, man, we are so excited about that. And uh, man, we just can't wait to see what God's going to do. Yeah, over five years ago, Bradley shared the story of how we were sent here to Dublin. And I'm so thankful that there were a team of people that provided not only financial resources, but other resources to help us get off the ground. And we're so excited to be able to do that now as Connection Church Dublin to send out our first church plant and hopefully the first of many to come. And so we just want to encourage you to be a part of this. The Lord will bless you in your endeavors, however you decide to be a part of this, whether it is praying, giving, or going. There are so many ways to be a part of this so that we can continue to see God's kingdom built through Connection Church Dublin. Amen. Amen. And we know because of the good news of Jesus, the best is yet to come. Love you guys. Amen. Woo. Man. Hey. Woo. Man, that gets me excited. I don't know about you. Uh, so, man, I, I want to share kind of what that's going to look like. So, uh, what happens when someone comes into the Connection Network, uh, they will serve on staff at one of the locations. So Stanley, 
uh, will be serving on staff with us and uh, will be fulfilling mainly uh, the role of overseeing discipleship. And so he's going to be learning about that. And so about six months from now, he'll begin the transition to focus full-time on this new church plan. And so uh, that's what it looks like. And so uh, what happens as you give toward this initiative, uh, it's what gives us the ability to bring him on staff, uh, to equip him through training things in the network, and to help send him well. And so, man, I just cannot tell you uh, how excited I am. And if you have any questions, please just let us know by going to our website. Amen. You guys ready? Excited for that? Amen. Amen. Well, let's go ahead and turn our Bibles to Acts chapter 3. Acts chapter 3 is where we'll be. Uh, Acts chapter 3, continuing in a series that is just so timely, uh, called Multiply, right? And what we talked about last week is that the church is designed to build the kingdom of God by multiplying and filling the earth with the glory of God. That that is the purpose. That is, if we are to catch God's vision or his blueprint for building the kingdom, that's what it looks like. That we are to grow, we are to multiply, and we are to fill the earth with his glory. And that God not only just has a vision for here, but it is a global vision. And so today we're gonna pick up uh, in in Acts chapter three. Uh, I'm gonna read 10 verses. We'll stop, we'll teach through it, and we'll move forward. So it says this, it says, one day Peter and John were going up to the temple at the time of prayer at three in the afternoon. Now a man who was lame from birth was being carried to the temple gate called Beautiful, where he was put every day to beg from those going into the temple courts. When he saw Peter and John about to enter, he asked them for money. Peter looked straight at him and said, as John, as did John, uh, and it says, Peter said, look at us. So the man gave him his attention, expecting to get something from them. Then Peter said, silver and gold I do not have, but what I do have, I give you. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, walk. Taking him by the right hand, he helped him up, and instantly the man's feet and ankles became strong. He jumped to his feet and began praise and began to walk. Then he, then he went with them into the temple courts, walking, jumping, and praising God. Then all the people saw him walking and praising God. They recognized him as the same man who used to sit begging at the temple gate called Beautiful. And they were filled with wonder and amazement at what had happened to him. All right, so let me catch everybody up. If you're new here, we're looking at how the early church began to grow and operate, okay? And so uh, last weekend, I I shared out of Acts chapter one, one through eight, and really verse eight is the, the thesis of the book of Acts. It says that, Uh, It's a promise to the disciples that they are to wait and pray. And as they're praying, God's gonna give them the Holy Spirit. And he says that the purpose of the power of the Spirit is for you to be witnesses. Now, Now, what do witnesses do? They testify and they tell about what they have seen and experienced, right? And he says that you're gonna move in my power and the purpose of this power is that you are going to be my witnesses in Jerusalem, that's the city they're in, Judea, that's the area they were in, Samaria, that's the next country over, and then to the ends of the earth, that's every tribe, language, and tongue, okay? And so at the end of, uh, I believe, chapter one, going into chapter two, the Holy Spirit falls at Pentecost, They are empowered to speak in different languages so that people can hear the good news of the gospel. Peter preaches a message. 3,000 people are saved in one day. Man, could you imagine? 
That's a, that's a mic drop sermon right there, brother. I don't, only Jesus got that one in him, not me, right? So, so we see 3,000 are saved. And then the week before we talked about what the early church looked like. If you're new to connection, you're like, well, what is their ministry about? Just go to Acts 2, 42 through 47. We believe God's called us to do that thing, okay? Uh, so that's Acts 2. And now we pick up in Acts 3 of Peter and John continuing the ministry uh, of Jesus. And so, um, and really what, what's happening here, uh, again, if you look at it through this context, that healthy things multiply. And so Jesus spent three years with 12 guys and began to invest in them. He began to teach them how to pray, how to do ministry, how to do these things. And now these 12 are sent out to multiply what Jesus has put in them. Does that make sense? How many of you know the good news of Jesus isn't meant to stop with you, it's meant to flow through you into someone else? That's what we see through the disciples is that Jesus made a great investment. Three years he spent with these guys and he told them, wait on the Holy Spirit and then you're gonna do the things you saw me doing, all right? And so today I want to talk about what can we learn from the early church and answering the question, take this with you, how do we build the kingdom of God? As we look at the Acts church, how can we learn how to multiply and build the kingdom of God. I don't know about you, man, but I do not want to come here and play church every week. I, I don't want to come and dress up and, hey there, how you doing? Uh, my life's good, your life good. And you know you, it was a train wreck in that car on the way here. You know it was, right? Kids are screaming and we don't have to pretend here. Listen, it's okay to not be okay, but this Jesus I'm preaching about loves you too much to leave you that way, amen? We wanna do church, man as God intended, and it's not a bunch of pretty things. Listen, it's everyday people just trying to follow Jesus in the middle of our messes. And so we see that back then, we see that what are the focuses? How do we effectively build the kingdom? Well, I want you to look in verse one and take this with you. We must be devoted to prayer. We must be devoted to prayer. So, so listen, so they were praying. Holy Spirit comes at Pentecost. There's a, a, a powerful message 3,000 are saved. And then in the very next scene, let's read verse one. One day, Peter and John were going up to the temple at the time of prayer at three in the afternoon. Now listen, this is in the Middle East. It's hot as homemade sin at three o'clock in the Middle East. You guys with me? Man, and, and so, but listen, they were going because that was the time to pray. And prayer was one of the things this church was devoted to. It believed in the power of prayer. And so, listen, I want you to know that prayer is simply a two-way conversation with God. And I maybe want to give you a different illustration of how we saw this man come to faith in Christ. And I wanna talk about what's about to happen, but it starts with this church being devoted to prayer. Now, something about me, I used to teach US history and then God put a Bible in my hand and that was more interesting than history, okay? Um, and, and, but one of the things I loved about history, I love studying about war and war movies. Does anybody like war movies? Um, I don't know how Christian this is. Saving Private Ryan is amazing, right? Um, but in all those movies, I've learned that in military life, and especially on the battlefield, communication is critical, right? If, 
if you can effectively communicate with your soldiers, communicate well with your commanding officer, you can do a lot of damage on the battlefield, all right? One of my, my favorite movies uh, is the, the movie We Were Soldiers, Mel Gibson, right? And in this movie, man, they're, they're in all this fire and all this stuff, but, but one of the things they're effectively uh, able to do is to communicate with their soldiers, with their commanding officer, and once they figure out what the enemy is up to and where the enemy is located and what he's trying to do, they call in an airstrike that devastates the enemy. You guys tracking with me? And that as we begin to be able to communicate with the commanding officer, we can do some good things. Well, listen to me. One of the pros of being in tune with God through a prayer life, you can see where God's working and what God's always wanting to do is to advance the kingdom of God and push back our enemy, always. Remember, we want, he wants to fill the earth with his glory. And we have an enemy that as Jesus came to give life, we have an enemy that came to take life, right? And so these two men are on their way to pray. And as they're devoted to prayer, they sense God working in a situation with a man laying by the gate called Beautiful. Now, there's tons of people there. They could have tried to heal and do all these things, but listen, they knew God had a specific assignment for them through this man. They laid hands on him, they healed this man, and he begins to leap and jump. Now listen, this won't be on the screen, but I'm gonna read to you what happens because of their obedience. It says, as they got done, they shared the gospel, and listen, that church that was 3,000, after the crowd saw this man healed, it grew to 5,000, right? Man, that is a blow to the enemy right there. Through their one act of obedience, being sensitive to, through prayer where God was at work, 2,000 souls were rescued from darkness into light through this one step of obedience. That's a bomb dropped right there, right? That's a bomb, a devastating airstrike on the enemy. And so listen to me, the more we pray, the more we can begin to discern what God's doing in and around our lives, right? Hear that again. Because this thing is playing out everywhere. The more we pray, the more we can begin to discern, God, what are you doing in me? And what are you doing around me? God, what is my next step? And so as we know, and as you think about it, think about prayer for a second. Prayer was the posture the church was in when the Holy Spirit came. They were up in the upper room praying, Prayer was the posture as the power of God worked throughout the church. We see that, that they're devoted, they're, they're on their way to pray. Now listen to me. Jesus told us this, that we are to watch and pray for his coming. P prayer is the posture he wants us in until he returns to come get us, right? We see that prayer is the posture of the church. I, I want to read with you Ephesians 6, 18 through 20. Paul, one of the, the greatest men of the faith. In fact, he wrote most of the second half of this Bible you're holding. Paul said this, he says, and pray in the spirit on what? All occasions and with all kinds of prayers and requests. With this in mind, be alert and always keep on praying for the Lord's people. Verse 19, it says, pray also for me that whenever I speak, Words may be given me so that I will fearlessly make known the mystery of the what? The gospel, the good news of Jesus, for which I am an ambassador in change. Pray that I declare it fearlessly as I should. Listen, if Paul needed prayer, listen, you and I need prayer, all right? 
I'll be the first to tell you, I was meeting with a small group this week and, and I want you to know if you're new here, man, I love you. I, I love you and man, I really want to be a shepherd that cares for your soul. It loves you well. And man, we were talking with this small group and I know like I can't see all of you individually during the week and they're like, but listen, our small group prays for you. And I just melted and I said, listen, I'll take every one of those prayers. And just like Paul, man, we all need people praying for us and we need to be praying people so that we can discern what God's doing in our life and we can partner together to beat back the enemy, right? To see the kingdom of God move forward. We see that prayer is it. And because they were praying, they were sensitive to God's activity in and around them. John Piper said it like this. I don't wanna change the way you pray. And, and real quick, let me uh, share something here. Uh, prayer is a growing process, right? So if you don't feel very accomplished in prayer, that's okay. First time I started praying, man, I got in my room and I was like, all right, Lord, I don't know how this goes, right? Help me pray. But listen, it's just like a child. Like I, I have a four-year-old and a three-year-old and man, like as they communicate with me, the, my, the, their father, Bear has never woke up and said, Father, what is your will for my life today? What, may I do it? It's like that turn on, you know, Kid City or something and make me some milk, right? Like right away. But isn't it early on in our relationship with God, we begin to pray the same way. God, I need you too, right? And does God care about the things we're asking for? Absolutely. But as we grow and mature in prayer, as we begin to understand the gospel, as we begin to understand the good news of Jesus, our prayers begin to be more centered on God. What are you doing? And how can I join you in what you wanna do, right? God, what is your will for my life? God, see me and know me. God, show me any error where I'm not in your will. And so you see how prayer begins to mature and we begin to want to know what God's doing in our life. Listen to this quote by John Piper. It says, it's not surprising that prayer malfunctions when you make it a domestic intercom to call upstairs for more comforts in the den. God gives us prayer as a wartime walkie-talkie so we can call upstairs to get what we need to do battle against darkness and we move his kingdom forward. Mm. That changes the game right there, Amen. So how do we apply this to our life? Just let me make it real simple. Even if it's two minutes a day, be devoted to prayer. Just start where you are. If it's one minute you say the Lord's prayer, listen, he heard every word in the morning. Start where you are and make the prayer a devotion. What you see, everything you see going on in this church is because people were devoted to praying many, many days before we sat in these seats. And so the second thing I want you to see how do we learn how to build the kingdom? What do we learn from this early church? The second thing I see is this. They obeyed the leading of the Holy Spirit. So therefore we must obey the leading of the Holy Spirit. Where is God at work in and uh, around us, right? And so we see, start in verse two, it says, now a man was lame from birth and was carried to the temple gate called Beautiful, where he was put every day to beg from those going into the temple courts. When he saw Peter and John about to enter, he asked them for money. Peter looked straight at him as did John. And then he said, look at us. So the man gave them his attention, expecting to get something from them. Have you ever been in a hurry? Right? None of y'all, y'all ain't been in a hurry this week, right? School's back in, you gotta get kids to school. I, listen, I know the grind. 
But listen, they were sensitive to where God was at work in their everyday busy lives. They, they were on their way to somewhere, but God had something for them to do, okay? And so we see that they obeyed. Now listen, in verse six, Peter said, silver and gold I do not have, but what I do have I give you in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, walk. Taking him by the hand, he helped him up and instantly the man's feet and ankles became strong. He jumped to his feet, began to walk, then he went with them into the temple courts, walking, jumping, and praising God. When all the people saw him walking, praising God, they recognized him as the same man who used to sit begging at the temple gate called Beautiful. And they were filled with wonder and amazement at what had happened to him. So this is the first, uh, one of the first miracles in the early church. Like this guy had been lame from birth. Somebody had drugged him to sit at this temple all his life. Right, And these guys come and what was a dead situation through the power of Jesus, it came to life. And that's the story of what Jesus does with us is he wants to step into broken spaces that look dead to the world and bring life. Now, one of the things about the book of Acts is there are a ton of theological arguments about whether Acts is prescriptive or descriptive. Now, what that means is uh, prescriptive is like, hey, this is a prescription of everything the church is supposed to do the exact same way. Descriptive says, this is what was happening then and has really no implication on what God's doing now. And so if you wanna ask me and put my cards on the table, uh, it is both. And I could show you where, where it is both of like, there are things that we can learn from the book of Acts that are absolutely applicable to today, right? Does God still do miracles? Absolutely. Have I seen crazy things happen? Absolutely I have. Does God still wanna operate that way? Absolutely he does. But I want you to know behind this power and the miracles, there's always a greater purpose. And the greater miracle is that people dead in their sin get to become alive for all eternity through Jesus. That's the ultimate miracle. And that's the big picture of all these things point to that thing. I'll show you in just a minute. But I wanna ask you, have you ever felt nudged by God to do something crazy? Man, I remember when I, when I came to faith in Christ, when I responded, I remember thinking like, oh snap, game just changed, right? Like, like what prompted me to do that? And as I began to grow and learn, I was like, man, thank you God for prompting me. Have you ever gotten that nudge of, man, I need to text that person and check on them? I need to invite that person to lunch. Man, there's this person in my life, I believe I'm supposed to pray with them. That's the nudging of God. That's the, the nudging of the Holy Spirit. And let me tell you something, when you obey that nudging, God does incredible, incredible things. Now I'm gonna say it, and I'm gonna let him share this story, but I think about Stanley, okay? He, he got called to plant a church years ago. And he, he knew it, like he knew God had called him. But man, like when you're with a six-figure job and man, you're just doing really well and, and all these things are happening. It's like, God, I think that's you, but it's gonna be crazy if I do this, right? And it's, it's crazy, like, Lord, and, but here's the thing. When, when, when we know it's of God, he doesn't literally let, let us rest. He, he stays on us. And man, I cannot wait to see that story is just beginning but because he put his yes on the table, uh, he started leading a small group. There's now somewhere around, I don't know how many kids they got. Something like 40 people have found a place to connect in the body of Christ with several of those kids getting baptized, right? 
And so listen, praise God for his obedience to the leading of the Holy Spirit, even when it was uncomfortable. And it's the same way in uh, our lives, right? And so um, one thing to think about, and I think about my own shadow of this would not have been the only lame man there, right? Sometimes when we see people hurting, we see the crowds, we think that it's our job to go do all the ministry, right? If it was me, I would have been thinking of a strategy of how do we heal and take care of all these people that are by this gate? But the reality of it is, God had just called these men to reach the one, right? We see that there were lots of lame men. There were lots of people that could have been healed and delivered, but God had just given them assignment to one. Listen, God may not call us to reach the multitudes, but he may reach the multitudes through our obedience to reach the one in our life. Hear that one more time. He may not have called us to stand up and preach and reach the multitudes, but through our obedience, the multitudes may be reached by you taking your next step. Who knows what's on the other side, right? And so we see that when that happens, when God gives us specific appointments in our life, we need to be ready for it. God gave them a moment right here and they were close enough to God to know this was my time. This is something they had called them to do. This was ordained and they did it, right? And so how do we apply this to our life? Listen, if God begins to nudge you to take a next step, Maybe you've been on the fence with God. It's like, man, I think I need to go all in. I don't know what that looks like. I'm scared to death. Listen, you, you have no idea on the other side of that step what's waiting on you. And it's better than anything you'll leave behind. That I promise you. Amen. Secondly, man, if it's to go public and say, hey, I'm coming out of this kind of halfway in, halfway out. I live this way a long way. I, I want to follow Jesus and to be baptized. Man, listen, God's gonna honor that and use that. If it's to find a church home, listen to me. One step out of community is one step away from the light of Christ. I've seen it over and over and over again, leading a church of, man, we need people to be in our life, to encourage us, to hold us accountable, to keep us moving in the direction of Christ, right? We need it. And so, man, if it's to join a church, to join a small group, it will change your life, right? It'll change your life. And so whatever the Holy Spirit prompts you to do, even if it don't make sense, even if it ain't comfortable, listen to me. If you'll take it, I can promise you right here, it's gonna be worth it on the other side. It's worth the discomfort to take the step. Because I believe it is when we obey is that we begin to understand and experience the power of God. It's on the other step of that step of obedience, right? And so whatever God's leading you to do in your life, obey. Now, verses 11 through 16, we gotta read this here. So, this crazy thing happens, all right? Imagine, I love to put myself in the Bible. So imagine you're in there chilling, whatever, whatever chilling looks like 2,000 years ago, okay? And uh, you've been seeing this cat who you probably just, he's asked for money every day and you just kind of walk by him. You kind of got that, like, do I give, do I not? You know, but they've known the guy his whole life. And so you've just seen this guy walking, jumping, praising God. I'm like, holy smokes, Right? This, this, the game just changed. Now listen to verse 11. It says, while the man held on to Peter and John, right? And I would be holding on to him too, right? It says, all the people were astonished. They came running to the place called Solomon's Colonnade. When Peter saw this, he said to them, fellow Israelites, why does this surprise you? Listen, they came expectant for God to move, right? 
He says, why do you stare at us as if by our own power and godliness, we made this man walk? The God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, the God of our fathers has glorified his servant Jesus. You handed him over to be killed and you disowned him before Pilate, though he had decided to let him go. You disowned the holy and righteous one and asked that a murderer be released to you. You killed the author of life, but God raised him from the dead. We are all witnesses of this. By faith in the name of Jesus, this man whom you see and know was made strong. It is Jesus's name and the faith that comes through him that has completely healed him as you can all see. This is a big one today. How do we build the kingdom of God? Peter and John does some great modeling for us right here. As God moves, we must direct glory to God. Hear that again. As God moves, we must direct glory to God. Direct glory to God. Um, and so listen, uh, this, is, this is basically it. Of Just like us as people, they wanted to claim, and even the lame man, that Peter and John were superheroes. They thought they were uh, amazing. And so, man, man, they're wanting to give all the praise, the honor, and glory to these faith healers, right? And what does Peter and John do? Immediately, they say, it's him. It's not me, it's him. They directed glory to God, and why are you surprised? Jesus promised us that if we would go and we would be a continuation of his ministry, it's nothing special about me. There's something special about this name. And his name is Jesus, right? And so we see them immediately directing glory to God. But man, we are people that like glory for ourselves, amen? All of us. One thing that centers the room is we like to be recognized. We wanna be seen. It reminds me, uh, my little boy, Bear, he's slick now. He's a thinker, okay? Boy, sharp, sharp as a tack. So when he was about, I think, two, three, uh, he was at daycare. And in our home, we had begun to give this praise and this glory to Bella because Bella finally was eating the food on her plate. Can I get, can I get a witness from any of the parents? She, that's a big deal. And so we're, we're, we're praising and Bella, and so Bear's hearing this, and, and Bear continues to, kind of hear from us of like, Bear, you, you, know, you need to eat your food. The teachers keep saying he won't eat what well, we bring him. We gotta give him some snacks, something other, whatever. Well, one of his meals that he dislikes is when they have meatballs at, at church, okay, at school. And, uh, and so it comes this day and it's meatball day and the teachers are going around and they look and Bear's plate is empty. I mean, he has scarfed down the meatballs. And man, Bear's just getting this praise and this glory, Bear, I'm so proud of you. And he's just cheesing at him like this, his little two-year-old self. Well, they took his bib off and that little rascal, it's got little holes in it. He had stuffed every one of those meatballs <laughs> in his bib. And man, he wasn't gonna say a word. He was like, bring it home, give me the praise, right? <laughs> and I mean, it's just him, dude, he's so funny. But, but listen, aren't we the same way sometimes, right? We'll do something for God as long as the people see us do something for God, amen? And I think we all have that tendency. But I, I am, and again, man, I, I want to be, I want us to be all about Jesus. I don't say that lightly. And if you want to see God pour out his power and blessing and see God do great things, make God the hero of every story. Hear that one more time. Make God the hero of every story. Man, from, from cover to cover, the Bible is about God's glory and praise going all over the earth. You know, I think so many of us struggle of God, what's your, 
what's your will for our life? What, what do you, you know, what job do I need? What, what am I supposed to do? And listen, those details matter. But as you begin to connect with the revealed will of God, you'll find the unrevealed will of God as he'll direct your steps. But the revealed will of God that he wants to get glory from you, he wants a future for your good, and he wants to see his kingdom grow through our lives. That's very revealed, okay? Um, and, and so I think with all of us, we, we are quick uh, to, to wanna take praise for ourselves. Or, you know, if, have you ever been in the Bible study where you got the guy that's, that's flexing a little bit his Bible knowledge, you know what I'm saying? He's going all over the Bible and you can begin to know that his heart is he's wanting to flex and show you, hey, I know what the heck I'm talking about, right? But we see this very different picture of what God wants for our life. And Peter and John were quick to give glory to Jesus. Read with me Matthew 6, 6. See what God's word says about this. But it says, when you pray, go into your room, close the door and pray to your father who is unseen. Then your father who sees what is done in secret will reward you. Listen, Peter and John were mighty in the prayer closet before they were mighty in ministry. Listen, God does not want something from us. What he wants is us, right? And that's what it looks like. Prayer is simply a two-way conversation with God. And that's where the growings happen and when no one sees it, you know? And, and I, I think about it of, I asked the guy and he had three things. I won't share two of them at church. You can ask me later. But what are the keys to finishing well in ministry? The, the, the things that the finish well in our Christian life. And one of the things is, if we'll keep our hands off the glory, we'll finish well. If we'll keep our hands off the glory, we're gonna finish well. Because we live in a day and an age when too many men and women live to be seen by men instead of being blessed by God. It's the day and age we live in. So how, how, how do I, what do I want you to take with you here? Listen, know that the blessing of God is for the glory of God. If you've been blessed financially, if you've been blessed with not a lot of problems, your family's healthy and well and all those things, listen, the blessing of God is not meant for you to just stay blessed, but to be a blessing to the world, right? We see that to be blessed is to be a blessing. And listen, make God the hero of all your testimonies. Continue to show them who it is at work in our lives. Amen. And then 16 through 19, I keep saying it gets so good, but the whole chapter just keeps getting good. Okay, so listen, verse 16, it said, it is by faith in the name of Jesus, this man whom you see and know was made strong. It is Jesus's name and the faith that comes through him that has completely healed him as you can all see. Now, fellow Israelites, I know that you acted in ignorance as did your leaders, but this is how God fulfilled what he had foretold through all the prophets saying that his Messiah would suffer. Repent then, turn to God so that your sins may be highlight wiped out and that times of highlight refreshing may come from the Lord. How do we build the kingdom of God? Last thing to take with you, we must boldly share the gospel. We must boldly share the gospel. And so let me define gospel. Gospel is good news, right? And for these men, this was real good news, okay? So these guys he's preaching to are prominent men and many of them literally yelled to kill Jesus days before. Now you talk about offensive. When you tell me that I was the killer of the author of life, that's offensive. That's bold, man. These are the people 
And hey, they're about to get in prison. These are the people that can take your life. It's a, it's a boldness that can only come from the Spirit of God. And so they, they boldly shared the bad news was, hey, guess what? It is your sin that put Jesus on the cross. Now for all of us, here's the bad news. It is our sin that he had to go to the cross, right? But this is when the news gets good, okay? Because in our sin, there is no way to undo the things we've done. See, sin is an archery term. It means missing the mark of perfection, the bullseye. So when you came into the world, man, we came imperfect. And that's really, let's be honest, that's been playing itself out over our life. We've done things we're not proud of. We've done things, if we know the word, we know God's not proud of. And so we have this problem called sin. And it is because of this sin that Jesus Christ had to go to the cross. But this is where it gets really good. Verse 19, it says to repent and turn to God. What repentance is, it's a changing of mind. It's a turning of, I'm realizing I am a sinner. My life has gone away from God. Repent is a change of direction, a change of mind, okay? About my sin and a change of mind about my savior, right? And I'm turning from my sin and I'm turning to my savior. And when we repent, listen to me, it says that your sins aren't started to get cleaned up. They are wiped out, totally pardoned, forgiven. It's like a judge that hits the gavel. The payment's been paid. You go free, and not only for this life, but freedom for all eternity. That's good news right there, right? That's the gospel. That's what we preach about here. Listen, I'm gonna say some hard things to you week in, week out, but this is what I want you to know. Because Jesus came out of that grave and the gospel is now available to all, I'm gonna leave you with hope because that's what the gospel leaves us with. It leaves us with hope for the day, tomorrow, and for the future. And listen, just for future reference, if we're gonna clap, we gotta all join in or it's awkward with the two or three, right? So commit or don't commit, it's up, it's up to you guys. So, And so that's what's available every week. Romans 1.16, it says that, for I am not ashamed of the gospel. Peter and John were not ashamed, even though it might cost them their life, even though it might cost them their freedom. And listen, for most of us, having joint taken our next step, probably the only thing we're afraid of is an awkward conversation, right? And so it says, for I'm not ashamed of the gospel because it is the power of God that brings salvation to who? To everyone who believes, first for the Jew and then for the Gentile, right? That's good news. This is the power of God that makes dead things come to life. This is the power of God that steps into broken spaces and brings new life. And that's what's refreshing is immediate forgiveness. Listen, if you have never done that, man, receive it and be forgiven. All eternity, receive free life. Now, if you have been, I wanna encourage you, begin to learn how to share it, right? Begin to learn how to share it, that the same things of boldly preparing, sending, uh, sharing the gospel is not just for them, it's prescriptive for us now, right? This good news continues to change lives. And I'm telling you, whatever work you're seeing in this house, it is by the gospel of Jesus Christ, doing what only Jesus can do. But we have to know, talking about patients that need the gospel, the patient must be convinced he's sick before he'll ever receive a doctor, right? And so for us, we have to come to this point where our sin convicts us that, that salvation is always preceded 
by conviction. But when we turn, when we repent, right? And repentance for salvation, but also repentance of if you've been following Jesus and you've kind of drifted away, when you repent, there are times of refreshing that come, right? It's really our pride and our sin of it will never, if you know Jesus is Lord, it's never gonna separate us from the love of God, but it will cloud and block his forgiveness, love, joy, and peace. And that's why praying and, and repenting is so important, right? And so I want to encourage you, man, whatever God's doing in your life, repent, receive the love of Jesus. If you know Jesus today, don't just be a carrier of the gospel, be a sharer of the gospel. 10 million people die from cancer every year. I would almost venture to say, I've lost one grandfather to it. Uh, Another one just beat lymphoma, praise God. I would venture to say all of us have been touched with the effects of cancer. This disease that deteriorates lives is the saddest thing I've ever seen. And they die. Listen, sin is like cancer. It deteriorates our lives here. And with it undealt with and unforgiven, unrescued from, we deteriorate and we die not only here, but for all eternity. But listen, the good news of the gospel is the cure for cancer. How cruel would it be to keep it to ourselves? How cruel would it be to keep it to ourselves? So may we begin to live in light of the good news of the gospel. And so I just wanna finish with one thing. If, if you've never had that story of salvation, if that's new to you, what God's doing in this full picture, I wanna give you an illustration of salvation. This lame man, you may think it was just a blessing to him, right? And it was, imagine not being able to walk. It was a great blessing to this man. But as in every miracle, listen, miracles aren't just for people. Miracles have a bigger purpose. They are the point us to the man and the man is Jesus, right? What it is is an illustration of salvation. I want you to take this with you. The lame man's story. Listen, the lame man was born into sin, right? He was born lame. I want to tell you our story. We're born into sin. The lame man was poor. Listen, apart from Jesus, we're spiritually bankrupt. This man was unable to pay his debt, right? We, apart from Christ, are unable to pay the debt of our sin. This man, because he was lame, could not come into the the temple of God. Listen, The temple of God represented the presence of God. In our sin, we can't come and experience the presence of God. Listen, uh, this man was in need uh, of a savior. His sin had separated him from God. He needed total healing. As he got total healing, listen, you and I need a complete salvation. And then lastly, I want to leave you with this, okay? He was walking and jumping and praising God. How that that points to our story is that is the evidence of salvation. Running, praising, walking in joy. It's a joyful thing to know Jesus Christ. Amen? And that is a great evidence of salvation. And so today, one of three things, okay? Number one, if you don't know Jesus is Lord, listen, it's been happening here a lot. You're you're not the only one. We, We have all sat in that seat. And man, I want you to know that we're not that kind of church. It's not gonna be awkward, man. You respond, and we're gonna celebrate with you and pray with you. Secondly, if you know God's calling you to repent and man, to, to take a next step, I want to encourage you, whatever he puts on your heart to do, to do it, all right? We know blessing is on the other side. And then lastly, I would encourage you during the last song, man, we'd love for you to come and pray, all right? So that times of refreshing may come.
And so whatever God's calling you to do, I'm gonna pray and uh, we're gonna get ready to worship in one last song. Let's pray. God, we love you. Thank you for your word today. Lord, I thank you for the good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ. And God, I just pray today, I, I just have to believe maybe there's someone here that heard of that good news that maybe is in broken circumstances, like the lame man has been born into sin, maybe feeling spiritually bankrupt, has never experienced the presence, the love of God, never thought they could be forgiven, thought they were too far gone. Wanting the presence of God and wondering if just maybe could receive a complete salvation. And thank you, Jesus, that that's true today. And so if that's you today and you say, Buck, I, I need a relationship with Jesus. And as an extension of faith, I wanna respond to the gospel. If that's you, I'm just gonna ask you, would you lift your hand today? Is that anybody in the house that would say yes to Jesus? Is that anybody here today? I'll give you guys a few moments. Amen. For the rest of us, Lord, we thank you for your word today. God, may we learn from the early church. May we be devoted to prayer. May we obey the leading of your spirit. God, may, as you move, God, may we continue to make you the hero of our story. And God, may we boldly demonstrate and declare the gospel. We love you, God. I thank you for your word today. Thank you for the baptisms today. God, we pray you be honored and glorified in all we do. We love you. In Jesus' name. Thanks for tuning in to the Connection Church Dublin Sermon Podcast. We pray that this message stirred your affections for Jesus. We would love for you to subscribe to the podcast and share it with others. For more information about our church and other resources, please visit ConnectionDublin.com.